Go on then. Okay, brilliant. Uh, right, it's Tuesday night. It's not Tuesday night. It's Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday, yeah. It's Wednesday night, it's the Beehive Pub in Swindon, which means it obviously is Admit one of these nights. I'm Simon, and we're here with... Claire. And Matt. And in today's fun pack show, we've got reviews of God, Mute Annihilation, uh, Ready Player One, and Tomb Raider. But before all of that, Matt is now going to tell us the news. There's been a bunch of news, actually. Um, and I'm going to do that because I've not been to the cinema because I'm shit at doing a podcast. Um, so we're going to leave with the story about. Yeah. Uh, we're going to leave with the story about Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, Simon, are you excited about this? Yeah, slightly. <laughs> Claire, are you excited about this? I'm apprehensive. <laughs> I think this is going to be shite. <laughs> I think it's it genuinely do. I think this could be Firefly levels of fun if it's done right. However, if it's not done right, this could be an absolutely howling car crash. I've yeah. been happy with what they've been doing with the recent Star Wars. Yeah. It's actually been a nice turnaround from those weird three in the middle that just... Yeah. So I'm... Not, I don't. It's. I think it's. I'm worried. Yeah. They, and I think yeah. I am as well. It could be really good or really bad. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the thing that worries me is uh, Rogue One was obviously prequel esque, mm. but focused on brand new characters that they were kind of yep. retconning into the canon. Uh, this is them definitely going back to a core character and saying, "This is what happened before. You met him in a canteen." Yeah. Um, and I uh, shot Greedo first. Yeah, he just fucking did. He shot Grudo first. Sorry, that's a anyway. whole thing, but he shot Grudo first. The um, scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that as well on the side. Uh, a friend of mine called Kane, who I hope listens to this because he loves films, uh, used to work in a bar and he made a shot called the hand shot, uh, but you had to follow it with a Grudo. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so there's big news about this. Now, this has all come from an uh, unconfirmed anonymous source. Who, yeah. Promoing um, their movie. Who is stated as being uh, an actor who's worked under both the directing teams they have for this film, but not uh, not a title character, so not anyone before. Uh, and he's described the work of Phil Lord and Chris Miller before they were summarily ejected from production as a little bit intense. Yes. Um, now they've said that uh, they were asking for kind of 30 takes per scene, which in most films is fairly normal. That's that's standard. Let's not make that sound like a bad thing. Um, it's, it's not. It's, it's your own excessive. project. But it's, it's, it's not excessive. Kubrick was excessive. Yes, mm. but... but Shelley Duvall never worked in film again. It's Yes, but it's quite... That is quite high. It is quite high. How? It, what? Uh, the, the main problem is it didn't fit in with Disney's very slick, very lean. Let's do five takes, then make the fucking film come out. We've got money riding on this model. Um, so they they left the production, and then uh, Ron, Ron Howard came in. Yeah. Thank you, Stereo Simon. Um, uh, Ron Howard came in, and they basically said that. Uh, Ron Howard was just, yeah, exactly what they wanted. Very slick, very professional, uh, got a lot of stuff done, commanded a lot of respect purely through being there. Yeah. Um, whether or not that means that the outcome's going to be good... Well, you can have Ron Howard or Ron Howard. You can have a good idea and a bad outcome. Yeah. yeah. Lost. Um, but I did notice that um, Miller and 
Lord, sorry, anyway, the two directors, yeah, yeah, they're uh, still on as executive. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yeah, they're still on as executive producers, so it's well, yeah, not all bad. That's name only, surely. You don't get fired from the director's chair and then like still be there. Like, Maybe we should do this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I don't think that happens under the giant money-trampling machine that is Disney. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. 21 and 22 Jump Street, can you honestly tell me that every scene in those films took, they spent 30 takes on? No. <laughs> do you no. think Channing Tatum can do 30 takes? I think Channing Tatum can. Alright. I, rec- I reckon Channing Tatum would just <laughs> go back and do it again. If, it, if, the, if the take was, Channing, you're going to get punched in the face, I would genuinely think he'd come back and take it again and again and again. <laughs> keep getting punched in the face. Because I honestly think he's that kind of guy. What about Jonah Hill, though? He's no, he'd, he'd go down like a sack of potatoes. I uh, know, Jonah Hill's worked with Scorsese. Mm. Uh, Scorsese. Game changer. Yeah. yeah but, um, Scorsese's a fucking intense guy. Channing, Channing Tatum's worked with um, uh, Steven Soderbergh and he's worked with Coen Brothers and. Oh, God, who made Foxcatcher? Because he was bloody brilliant Ooh, Foxcatcher. Yeah. Um, you know, he's actually. He is. He looks like a big lunkhead. He can actually do comedy very well, but he is also a good actor. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's a fantastic actor. So we've just got to pause so Simon to take a call from Jonah Hill because he is, in fact, Jonah Hill's agent. <laughs> Who is? You, apparently. Why? I or his A&E biographer. I can't tell. I was talking about Channing Tatum, but, you know, whatever. You can keep drinking. Fuck. <laughs> no worries. I'm going to leave that in because yeah, yeah, I've got to look stupid sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. uh, in other yeah. news... In other news. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff. Now, we touched upon this uh, late last year when we were talking about uh, the award cycle and their thoughts towards streaming services, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically Netflix, because that's the one everyone talks about, but obviously we've got Amazon, and probably at some point on the horizon, Apple entering this field. And Disney, which now own most of Hulu in the States. Most of the planet. Yes, yeah. but because they bought 20th Century Fox, they now have 48% of Hulu, so you can see that cool. becoming the Disney streaming service very, very soon. Just, um, I'm just going to turn that switch. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to do the the way I I found out about it and the way I read it. Um, I read an article that detailed that Cannes had said that uh, they would not be taking streaming service movies under consideration for awards. Uh, and the reason they're doing this is preserve the prestigiousness of actually having something released in the cinema. Um, I can kind of see both sides on this. I really can because I think the cinema is something good that we need to keep. Mm-hmm. But I also love drunkenly falling asleep to something on Netflix. Uh, but also, wouldn't necessarily throw that together as, as like an award-winning film. Um, however, Steven Spielberg's weighed in with some comments on this topic, uh, and he falls very much down on the side of cans. And he believes that as soon as you take your film to a streaming service, it essentially becomes a TV movie. Mm. There's no theatre release, uh, it's not going to do the festival circuit, so you don't go up for awards on the festival circuit. I can just point. Um, I, again, I can see either side. I think the streaming services give uh, new filmmakers a way better way of breaking into the industry mm. and, and getting their work noticed. But I also think that people who subscribe to streaming services uh, for general watching aren't necessarily there to see a film that won an award at 
quote unquote some foreign film festival as a comment I read under one of these articles stated. Well, and the, I can totally see that. There's a thing as well, like, ha- like having like studied film, and I think anyone that tries to make a film is brilliant. And yeah. Encourage people to do it. Absolutely. But there's also nothing worse than taking a chance on a film that is just bad. You stumble across it on Netflix, it looks good, it you can grab you in, and then you're going through it trying to give it the benefit of the doubt, and then suddenly you're halfway through just being like, This is a waste of my time. Yeah. Like where were the critics <laughs> or like where were the people to like tell me or like, you know, give me some views or you know, just something, the bad and the good. It's gone straight on here. I like it I like someone's opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is this would also pull into what I think about the rating system on Netflix because when I first got Netflix years ago it was like a mm. star system mm. uh, where you assigned the number of stars and mm. now it's just a case of you thumbs like up, this, up. yeah, it's thumbs mm. up, thumbs down. Mm. Uh, and the, the number of stars that movie is advertised with is based on that. Yeah, now, that's only about I've watched them all Yeah, no, I know, I know. You. That's nothing but to do with people going, yeah, that's a great movie. No, no, mm. I get that, but you're taking away the kind of... Yeah. the more subtle part of that decision making process I could quite happily watch something crap on Netflix and give it three stars because of its merits um, but just giving it a thumbs up when it's a three star film kind of feels you can't wrong. quantify something like that no yeah we, that's the problem we, yeah I mean and I've watched four or five star films on Netflix uh, and only have the option to like and dislike them, and they're fucking trash. Yeah, well, I mean, there's part of the problem with the internet. I mean, uh, Kevin Smith nailed it with moviepoopshoot.com, if we remember that. But it's um, way back uh, the, when. Way back when. But the um, the thing is, you, you've got people dissing films that haven't been released that are months from release you go and look at IMDB mm. and there's people putting reviews reviews with yes. stars on there like, this takes me back to my favourite this yeah. this takes me back to my favourite punching it? bag Suicide Squad had a nine star IMDB rating the day before it went on general release from something stupid like 8,000 people mm. those 8,000 people hadn't seen it they hadn't been to early no. screenings they, they hadn't seen the fucking film no. They were all going on and ten starring it. The only reason I ended up with nine was a similar amount of people, I guess, one starring it. I would suppose slightly less because maths. Well, we, um, but we, what you've got, you've got two, you've got two things here. It's one, I think there's still a place for critics, mm. and there is a place for critics. Yeah, absolutely, there's a place for critics. Because I Good. disagree with critics all the time as well. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. I mean, part of the reason why we did this podcast is we we sometimes go to see a film that critics have been absolutely slating, coming out of it, going. Well, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. You know, it might not have been the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't terrible. Who's that critic? You know, it was, right. yeah. What's their so, taste? What's their taste on it? And it depends on that. And the other thing that I think is interesting was um, Spielberg was a bit more wound up about the films that Netflix had been making that got a token sort of two-screen release yes. or a ten-screen release mm. across America just for, kind of for like two that. days. And they went, oh, that's a cinema release. We'll put it in for a couple of awards. I think... Uh, Netflix won Best Documentary Oscar this year for Icarus, and Icarus is brilliant. Icarus is incredible. It's it's a stunning piece of work. I mean, it really is. I think with that, it gives it a platform, again, like I said, for those people to come forward. Where do you see Best Oscar winning documentaries anyway? You see them on the TV. Yeah, yeah. Anybody seen one? I I, I think I saw March of the Penguins in the cinema. 
you know. back that, 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 that really we're stuck in Swindon that. and apparently Swindon doesn't screen everything we want to see. No. So where's the next Most place to see it? Most things we want to yeah. see. Yeah. Online streaming. Exactly. I do, I also think it's a bit bad when we've got companies like Paramount who are dumping films onto Netflix and dumping in a kind of a good way but I mean they got rid of Cloverfield um, yeah. and that got dumped that was clearly a part I mean it wasn't a very good film um, Mute which will come on to today and Annihilation which will come on to today now Annihilation in particular I think really should have had a cinema release yeah I, I, I would have seen loved to have seen that on a big screen yeah I think it would I think it was made for the big screen yes I, clearly clearly was see that's that's why I find interesting that's why I find interesting about the core of Spielberg's comments that he's talking about if you s- submit to making a film for a streaming service you're kind of admitting that you're making a TV movie yeah. but that's obviously not the case if you look at the budget like Bright for instance was their biggest budget in film it was like a hundred million dollars yeah yeah um it was awful mm. but the budget was there that that, that yeah. is a cinema movie yeah like um, you would have seen that in a cinema and, and also <laughs> cinema. cinema i think it's amazon stumped up nearly all the budget for one of my favorite films of last year which was manchester by the sea yeah and they if they didn't completely fund it they funded most of it is that a tv movie no. So where's the definition? I think that's probably that's, the argument. That's a, where's the definition? Yeah. The reason the reason I can see both sides is because um, in, in my other life as a stand-up comedy nerd, um, <laughs> I wondered where that was going. <laughs> in my other life as a stand-up comedy nerd, um, Netflix are sweeping yes, the Emmys yes, yes. by having every stand-up special they film for Netflix, which is fucking all of them mm. now. That's how it works. Which I love because I get to see a lot more shit than I used to, mm. but I also kind of hate because it's you know, sticking everything through one door. Is it going to make an exclusive club? Yeah. But they're now uh, releasing every stand-up special as an album as well, so they can then put it forward for uh, Emmys. Gram- Grammys. Grammys. That's the one. And they're fucking winning them as well because they're getting big talent like Dave Chappelle to come out for a time and, and do specials. And they're releasing it. They're really, really yeah, I watch Ricky Gervais. Fucking awful. Well, I'm not a fan. But let me, he's let, a big let me do this. Comedian. I watch Ricky Gervais' stand up social. You didn't have to. Don't fucking bother. I'm not intrigued. That's that's the in-depth kind of reviewing that you get only on this podcast. I can, in fact, yeah, I could have come forward and said, actually, I've watched one thing this week. It was Ricky Gervais's stand-up special. It's fucking dog shit. It's an hour and twenty minutes long, and I chuckled at fifteen minutes of it. And it wasn't fifteen minutes in a row. Uh, um, yeah, it's very bad. It's a lot of comedy about him being rich. Yay, him. Um, but so that's. That's my issue. I can see the point that they are award-winning presentation right there. That's what that was. It's like, yeah, Mark Kermode. That's how you do it, bitch. (laughs) But I, I can see the point that they are just kind of ticking the minimum box to get over the line Mm. for an award nomination. Um, but I can also the other thing it made me think when I was reading Spielberg's comments were bullshit would you not have made a Netflix movie if they were available when you were starting out yeah like, we are t- you his first about- movie was Duel 
And Jewel is fantastic. Jewel is fantastic, but it's a made for. It was an ABC. It's a made for TV uh, AMC, movie. Yeah. Well, AMC didn't exist then. It's an ABC, it's an ABC TV film, yeah. movie. It's ninety minutes long. It was longer in Europe because they put in some extra shit. Yeah. And they had to cut out. But that's that's a TV movie. Point. It is brilliant. I can understand the gravitas that his name comes with, kind of getting that swing and saying, "Oh well, this isn't the way the industry should be." But if he was like little Stevie Spielberg just starting out with the whole fake story about him taking over an office and just making movies of course he'd have fucking lapped that up he'd have jumped on anything to, to get his career started yeah you take the chance and the opportunity you get absolutely and now so I, can, I can see both sides they are kind of playing the game to get nominations but he's I don't think he'd be totally fucking innocent if this kind of thing was available when he was starting out no um, I I think the right I think that the con- the actual technical cost of entry now to making a movie the fact that Soderbergh's latest Unsane shot entirely on an iPhone yeah. um, you know the cost of entry to making a movie is so low now now it's all about the distribution platforms content has always been king we've got these new platforms it's exciting, it's exciting times uh, awards don't always make the best thing but I think it's cutting off your nose to spite your face we had saying, something like Icarus which is a brilliant film it is genuinely go and see it it's a great great film yeah, yeah, yeah. it deserved the Oscar win it wouldn't have worked in a cinema and when you're talking even about a token release how big do you push it that is not a movie that will ever work in a cinema it is a movie that existed on streaming services and 10 years ago it probably would have done quite well on DVD yeah. as a, just a DVD release like Morgan Spurlock's uh, Super Size Me did. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm, yeah, it, I can take a leave it. It's an interesting one, it really is. It is, it is, it is. Um, any more news? Any, Any more? more news? Yes, yes, there is. Yes. It's something I read literally before I was leaving the house. I don't know how old the article was, so it might not be as fresh as I sound. Um, but this t- this ties into uh, me mentioning Martin Scorsese in the first piece of news, and the second piece of news being entirely about streaming services. Uh, people may be aware that Martin Scorsese is currently making an epic for Netflix called The Irishman, um, and it's going to chart the life of uh, Union tradesman Jimmy Hoffa. Yes, yes, Teamsters, isn't it? Yes, Teamsters Union leader Jimmy Hoffa. Now, uh, it's a very American story because it means but super American, yeah. super super American. Um, so the the main kernel to this story is uh, the whole epic is going to be about Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, when the story starts, Jimmy Hoffa is thirty nine. However. Yes, he is being played by Al Pacino throughout yes. the entire epic, and Al Pacino is seventy-seven. Right. Now, you may ask how Scorsese and Netflix intend to get this done. Computers. Yay! Now, if they can remove the mustache from Superman, well, they couldn't. That's a fucking problem, oh, Simon. I, I, I'm sorry, I misread. I misread that. I, I, I don't know where. That I came hope from. they do a special release of Batman of uh, Justice League, where they just left the fucking mustache on, so I could watch him give dialogue and not just be freaked out by his nose moving around the whole fucking time. <laughs> I thought so it was going to say, oh, you can do amazing things with CGI, but apparently not. You can, but not if you're Warner Brothers, apparently. <laughs> and and, and, you get, and your, your movie's a complete clusterfuck anyway, yeah. and you're there going, wow, we need so many reshoots. What do you mean he's got a moustache now? 
Uh, <laughs> don't worry, we can see you like that. A contractually yeah. obliged moustache. Uh, so the new Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, right. Um, and they... This is this is how you know it was fucked up. Uh, Warner Brothers shot a reel and edited it, so they showed them how easy it was for them to add the moustache on it, look totally natural, <laughs> compared to how difficult it was to remove. And they looked at it, and they were offering to do the work pro bono so they could do their reshoots. And they looked at it, uh, and it was clearly a lot easier to have one on. And they went, nah, fuck him, he's under contract. <laughs> Yeah. Read them a week, bitches. And you know what? I would do exactly the yeah, same thing. Because fuck the DCEU. Like, if, fuck if, them if, up if their one... stupid asses. <laughs> sorry, I'm yeah. Wong James. I'm Bob Strike back. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, finish your other, story. Um, yeah. yeah. So. So it's going to be done digitally. They're going to make uh, El Pacino 39 again. He gave an interview. It was on a podcast, actually. Maybe we'll get him on here one day. Uh, where he's talking about... Probably not. Um, where he's talking about how difficult it is to kind of be 77 and act 39. Yeah. Uh, but because he knows they're doing it digitally, at the start of scenes, they would have to tell him what age he is in the scene. Because there's not makeup to kind of yeah. tell him what he is, uh, so they they get to like they get to the start of scenes and be like, by the way, Al, you're 39. Yeah, and he'd be like, oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I I don't know. I'm interested because uh, it's a Scorsese big budget TV show. Yeah, basically. Bring it. Fucking hey. It can't be bad. It's, it's a Scorsese epic, and I don't have to get out of my bed to watch it. So yeah. Winning. Win win. Win a win. I mean, it's not gonna win any fucking awards, but hey, I might enjoy it. Oh, the awards annoy me. Yeah, screw the awards. Is there fixed? We will. Uh, so we've not done the Rock Watch thing in a little while because we kind of fallen out with Mickey Rock over some. We, stuff. We, we yeah. He 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 stood up for Harvey Weinstein, which by the way, Harvey's company wound up last week. So yeah, no did. more Weinstein. Company. Bye bye That's Weinstein. Weird, company. Well, it is weird. It is weird because they gave us so many great movies. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when when the whole thing broke, uh, we talked about it on here, and I said that the reason the reason it was difficult for me uh, wasn't because I know Harvey Weinstein or his work personally, but I'm a massive Kevin Smith fan and always have been. Yeah. Uh, and I had the Evening with Kevin Smith DVDs, and I used to watch them obsessively. And the first one the first half of it and it's like a three hour show the first half of it is him telling the story of getting clerks made the meetings he had with Harvey Weinstein and how close Harvey was to that process so it was kind of weird like when the news broke a bunch of people I know were like oh who's this Hollywood guy and I was like Jesus Christ that's the guy that made clerks happen fuck it's like the second most important person in that story to me um so yeah uh I stand by what Kevin Smith said about the whole thing, yeah. it being fucking awful, yeah. um, and what he's doing. Uh, but we're not doing a rock watch because uh, Mickey loves him. It's yeah. weird. But Kev had a heart attack recently. Kev had a heart attack. Kevin Smith had a heart attack. And I can say that because he liked one of my tweets once, so we're basically best friends. That's basically what that means. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 yeah. Kevin. Get yeah. Uh, well, yesterday he went to uh, Disney World with his wife and his daughter. To celebrate not dying, as his Instagram post said. So, yeah, and basically he said they spent like two, three days going on every ride by the ones that were close for repairs uh, to celebrate him not being dead. And he said we went to the happiest place on earth to celebrate me still being here. In the back of my head, I was like, I bet he didn't fucking ask an employee if it was the happiest place on earth. Um, but yeah, so he is doing great. 
and I hope he likes another tweet of mine soon. Yeah, well, thanks, Kev, and um, yeah, thanks, and keep up getting better, basically. Absolutely. Right. And that has been the news. Yay. Yay. Is it Lara Croft or Tomb Raider? It's Tomb Raider. It's called Tomb Raider. I think it's just Tomb Raider in the same way when they rebooted the game franchise. They, they just called it Tomb Raider. So, uh, yes, Alicia Vikander takes over from Angelina Jolie. Can we, before you roll into this, yes. you were quite mean about this when it was marketing. Yes, I did. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks like a When you saw the trailer, you did 15 minutes on why it was bad. It didn't look good. But then I actually went back and tried to watch the original Angelina Jolie one from we were discussing in the early 90s. Early 90s. Ah, early it's not early 90s, it's late 90s. Early 90s. It's pre-Bond Daniel Craig as one of the villains, so, you know. Maybe, yeah, yeah, but oh, guilty yeah. pleasure for me. Good guy. Um, yeah. And also uh, uh, Ian Glenn, who uh, most people know from James yeah. 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 Clearly the best character in Game of Thrones. Sorry, that's a whole oh, he's, he's also a No, we're not going down that rabbit hole. No, don't go down there. Don't go down there. <laughs> don't go down there. Oh, Is it the early noughties or nineties? Yeah, the previous ones were the early nineties. Uh, early nineties. Uh, 92, 93. Yeah. Um, and I, I tried watching them. When I watched at the... When I first saw them, mm. the first time I saw Tomb Raider, I actually was like, "This is an actiony '90s thing. It's yeah. obvious. It is what it is." Yes, it but is. But yeah, I don't know if I could watch it again. But I appreciate it for its time. Yeah, it was Lara Croft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I played all the games. I've played all the games to completion. You know, so that, I can believe that. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, the original on the PlayStation. Mm. You know, I was in there and all of that. So yeah, like yeah. So I played all of them. Now, what they've done is they've taken. The, the games were rebooted about five or six years ago and they they took Lara Croft and basically turned her into a teenager and showed the origin of her becoming a Tomb Raider. Um, and it, it, the game was a bit strange, it used a lot of horror elements, a lot of supernatural elements that not necessarily had been there before in the games, um, but also gave us quite a winning protagonist, it was probably the most sort of rounded and fleshed out uh, Croft would actually seen as a character. So the, the game's quite good. The movie takes the story of the first of the rebooted games. Stop me because it gets a bit convoluted. Um, strips out all the supernatural parts of it and essentially gives us a pretty standard go and find the MacGuffin in a dusty tomb sort of story. Um, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. In all honesty, it's not. It's not the worst either. It's. Is it beige? Yeah, it's a little beige. It doesn't really stand out. It's better than a lot of things I've seen. It's a nice antidote to all the superhero movies. Mm. Does it do more good than it does bad? I, I felt so. I mean, I, came, I was quite entertained. You like Fast Eight? 
I did. I, I came out of that embarrassed, but I had enjoyed myself. It was yeah, brain into neutral. Just wanted to level the list. Yeah, yeah this, this one you don't need to put your brain quite into neutral, but this is pretty uneven. It's pretty. It's a, it's a, it's a very average film. It's going to disappear off. Vicklander and Alicia Vicklander is, of course, brilliant. I do like her. She was the reason I would want to watch it, but the trailer didn't sell me. No, this is it. I, yeah, the trailer really isn't particularly good on it. I think it makes it look a lot thinner than it is. Um, it's and it's literally the opposite of its job. <laughs> and then you spin that around and you look at Ready Player One, which is a good book that is literally bursting at the seams with yeah. cultural reference. And brilliantly, that's the bit that everybody loves about it. And what they've done is they've turned that down. Mm. They've removed that out. But she's, she's very good. Um, it's competent together. It's quite good. It's, it's okay. I've seen it being absolutely slated. I don't think it's quite that bad. I think it is. It's a, you know, it's mediocre. Is it worth the 10 quid? I see, I've seen it absolutely slated, and I was worried because you checked me and said, it's ah, actually quite good. And I'm worried that you were doing that thing where you have to see the good in everything and thus struggle to critique it. Oh, I have to good in everything. <laughs> there's there's, there's got to be good in everything. I mean, to be honest, I went and saw it on a dull Sunday afternoon when there was nothing else on. And I came out of it thinking, yeah, you know, yes, I haven't paid ten pounds for it. I wasn't going in there expecting the greatest movie on earth. No, I didn't see the greatest movie on earth. I came out of it having had a pleasant couple of hours. It's, it's very average. So it's not a solid recommend. No, it's not a solid recommend. The basic person would like yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. It's a nice change from most of the mediocre superhero movies we've had. Literally anything is. Yeah. Yeah, I would take that over a superhero. And movie. I think that, to my mind, that gives it an extra couple of points. The only temptation I have to see Peter Rabbit. This Peter Rabbit's not wearing a fucking cape. He is wearing this green coat. Yeah, but that's and no trousers, because he's clearly a bird. He's a fucking rabbit! Why is he wearing a coat then? What does he feel the need to cover on his upper half that he's wearing a rabbit? Oh, God. It's like that pen in Friends. Oh, no. Oh, no, when Chandler says it in Friends about, like, um, Daffy Dirk getting out of the shower yeah. and putting on a towel. It's branding, is that what you're saying? It's now, they're not. You're right. I'm going to hide my little rabbity nipples <laughs> and let my rabbity joke hang out. Tote bag. I just I'm just annoyed that he's going to be voiced by James Corden because he annoys me. Yeah, I feel like if he went to see me, that's more problems with it. Have you seen all the promo for it? Absolutely. Was this fucking Easter holidays? Oh, yeah. Build a bear. I'm doing a rabbit. I used to want to get one for her son, and it's sold out. Oh, no, I found 
look at him really like Peter Rabbit in the book. He's Are you now that old you're siding with the gardener and his crops? Mrs. Rabbit and his put upon Flopsy, Mopsy, Cottontail. Alright, his siblings. How do you they feel? get the shit because he's a little bastard. How do you feel about Mrs. Tiggy Wacker? Dream wife. Collateral. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Taylor of Gloucester is collateral. Oh, is it like a Bring oh, on your that's, 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 that's the best that's quote from the episode. Fuck the nipple. Really? What? Are you sold that you now side with the farmer and his crops? And our protagonist gardener anyway. And if he can't give it, you know, if he can't put out for a carrot or two, oh god, this is just getting worse. Inside voice, just inside voice. Just kind of catapulting. You do appear to be going down the rabbit hole. Oh, thank you. And uh, there we go. That was our review of Peter Rabbit. <laughs> 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 Didn't you have to see the movie? Fucking hell. Haven't seen it. Don't see it. It's predictable. Don't see it. Don't want to see it. It's not worth your ten pounds. I will tell you exactly the same about this as I told you about the emoji movie. If you've read the book, it's not worth it. Spoilers. No, no. And bear in mind the book's only 20 pages long. And half of that is fucking watercolours. What else can we do with it? <laughs> I can't play a cute rabbit in a watercolour, that's why. It's because you refuse to put a fucking jacket on it. Okay, well, doesn't need a jacket on it, because he's a cover. Right. Miriam! What have you seen, yeah? Middle-aged man have a meltdown. I'm not having a middle-aged meltdown. <laughs> Right, so um, Ready Player One. Ready Player One is uh, the new movie from Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's from a book by Ernest Collin, which is basically like a pop culture orgasm in print. Um, it's, yeah, it is completely over the top. But uh, it tells the story of a young man called Wade Watts, who is, um, he is an orphan teenager that nobody really wants, living, in, uh, living with the poor in this sort of future world where things have been grim and they're sort of empowering. Um, uh, his only escape from the drudgery of real life is to put a visor on and go into this virtual reality world called the Oasis, um, which anybody can be anything, you can do anything, you can invent anything, and there are various challenges and games and you can hang out with friends and everything like that. Um, now, the Oasis have been created by the wonderful Mark Rylance, this guy from Halliday. Um, Halliday has passed away and he set a challenge to the residents of the Oasis. And it's a classic quest story. I mean, to be honest, Spielberg did it in about 20 minutes in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, but it is that, you know, three tests, pass the three tests, prove you're worthy and you will own the Oasis. So Q, our hero, he's, he's interested in just solving the puzzle and getting through. Uh, in the meantime, Ben Mendelsohn uh, is the villain and he just wants the court and control of the Oasis. So they're spending squillions of dollars to just try and reinforce their way to all the puzzle. And that's essentially the story. There's not much more to it than that. Sorry? Uh, yes. Okay. It's absolutely stuck to the rafters with pop culture references. It's insane. 
I mean, it's even, and from everywhere. So I think at one point he meets up with like Bowser from Nintendo, and then there's all sorts of stuff going on. I've seen the trailers, just everything darting about everywhere. Well, what they've done in the movies, they've actually turned everything down, they've turned it all down on the pop culture references. It is still in there. Mm. But it's stuff like you'll have a character in a car race. Yeah, T Rex. T Rex. King Kong swims into action, you know, and then there's a T Rex. You just call it a T Rex. You know, people in the Back to the Future DeLorean. And then you'll get a character who'll just get out of um, uh, the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Um, there might be four. Turtles punching up somebody in a corner, and there's all sorts of stuff in the background. I want to see it again because there is But what there isn't is it's not in your face all the time, which the book was, and actually yeah. would have been really wearing. It's clever. Okay. It's clever. They, some of the characters are a bit underwritten. We should. We are. Magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. It is good. I really I enjoy do it. Do want to see it on a big screen? Yes. Um, I was really interested, like um, so the article I wrote, um, and just looked at obviously Spielberg's earlier work yeah. with like jewels and set building, set design, yeah. and now flash forward to 2018, and he's released something as the trader says, out of pure imagination and CGI. Yeah, don't don't underestimate how much of this is anime. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Because that's the thing. Even with like I know semi-related Spielberg, but with like Jurassic Park, for instance, and then Jurassic World. Yeah. I was more terrified of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, the dinosaurs with the human, not human, but like the realness of their movements, their actions, everything. So my skepticism is. Um, because it's just not my taste. Yeah. I don't like being reminded that cinema is here to make us escape. Mm. I don't want to do that. I want some sort of cultural reference. I want some sort of thing that reminds us. A bit of an uh, allegorical kind of thing. Yeah. And I just find it interesting how like, Spielberg's gone from that making us terrified of like, things that are extinct, sharks, like the worldwide fear of sharks after Jaws. And then now he's gone into obviously the kind of VR sort of thing. Will it have the same impact on an audience? Will we take that in and go, whoa? Like, what do you reckon? This is not a deep film. You know, this is this this is right back to His the last few haven't been there, have they? BFG, Tintin, they've been like feel good family. Oh no truth, yeah, you're right. The genre that he invented, mm. and I think that's the thing that really mm. comes out of it is this is a guy. He's he's almost taking everyone mm. to school as to how to put these sort of blockbusters together. These yes. big like E.T. was a blockbuster with fun and with imagination and with mm. um, but it was always from the kid's point of view. You know, yeah. the sort of single parents who were this oppressive. 
person yeah. in Ready Player One. We've also been enthused recently of things like Stranger Things and people going, oh, it's got that sort of vibe. Yeah. yeah. It's all there in Ready Player One. What is also there in Ready Player One is some of the most astounding visions yeah. you've ever seen. Because the idea of this virtual world, the Oasis, is anything can happen. Yeah. So if that means that we're going to have a car race where you suddenly have to flip upside down, race on the ceilings or yeah. do anything like that, yeah, we're going to get that, but we're going to get it in full photorealistic 3D, in your face, full action. Because there's nothing I hate worse than just bad CGI. At that point, you should have hired a set designer. Like, come on, like make it, you know. So that's why I'm curious, because I've heard that it is just something, just a visually it, it, it is astounding. It's allowed, you're allowed to have because it puts so much stuff. Mm. It's shot like a regular film. Mm. So if we go to a warehouse, it looks like a warehouse. Mm. Even though at that point we're in the virtual world. Mm. Now, yeah, that sounds really stupid, but it's not over-stylized. Yeah. It's not. It looks like a grimy, grubby warehouse because that's what that particular character is all about. But, for example, Parzival, who's our hero's character, his name is Wade Watts in the real world, played by Tyler Sheridan, looks completely different in the CGI world. Because they can go into a character, can't they? Yeah, and they can sort of like remake their hair sort of in an instant. And then things like... Um, also the craft, but CGI. Yeah, yeah. but it's like Artemis, who is the, the lead girl in, in the film. She has got... She's got slightly oversized eyes and an over-narrow jaw, and she's sort of got a feline look to her. She doesn't look like a real human being. Mm. She's not supposed to, but she's there, and all the pores in her skin are all perfectly animated, and all the eyes and everything is perfectly matching. So it's kind of odd like that. Um, it's very compulsive. It is it is video game levels of compulsion. So if you've ever played a video game like I know Matt played things like Call of Duty and, uh, and I will not have my name associated with that game. Fucking hell. But that, that idea of that propulsive energy that goes through it, which is like here's a level, end of a level, and on to the next level, here's the next level, boom, boom, boom. But constantly this movie, even when it pauses for breath, is surging forward. There's so much energy in it. Um, it's got some good jokes. Ben Mendelsohn, who is cornering the world on Ben Mendelsohn is in everything now. I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, see Bloodline on Netflix. Seems we've been talking about Netflix a lot. Go and see Bloodline on Netflix. He's great in that. It's a three, three, three thing. Um, he's really great in it, but it is very much like if you remember the villains in the Goonies. Yeah. When they were slightly sort of clumsy and made their own mistakes, and the kids then realise it's the trick them up. In fact, this whole movie really reminds me of the Goonies. Okay. This is a film where, you know, we've got someone in the Back to the Future DeLorean. Not because it's a time machine, in fact, it isn't a time machine, it's just a really cool car. Yeah. You know, we've got the Iron Giant beating the shit out of a T Rex because that's kind of cool. You've got King Kong just swinging through a city because you can. 
Like, and there's... Well, I, need to, I need to say it again, because there is so much in there. And it's all, on the, it's all in the same corner of your eye, so I'm going, is that? Okay. So, okay. God knows how much is in there. And on top of all that, it's fun. And that's how you all that, really. I went in there and had came out, and had bloody good stuff. So, yeah, it's worth, it's worth 10 quid. And also, the 3D was brilliant. Okay. It was really, really good. It wasn't really in your face. It was just lots of depth. Okay. That's, that's why I like. I'm more than happy to see a film in 3D if that's the, yeah. the original impact. Yeah, it, it, you didn't. Yeah. Once, bless them, Regent Circus Cineworld actually put their projector into 3D mode, which they didn't for the first minute, which led to some quite disorientating moments because somebody at the back went, focus, really loudly, um, which I genuinely haven't heard for probably 20 years in the cinema. Um, but he, uh, yeah, it, it, once it went to that, uh, it was, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, it's got problems, it's characters are a bit thin, perhaps a bit too much going on. But as we've said before, the book had its own Yeah, yeah. So it's always going to be a difficult adaptation. Yeah, um, as, as I was saying to Claire while you, while you weren't here, it's what they've done is they've stripped out a lot of that um, pop culture reference. Good, they've actually turned it down. Yeah, they've turned it down, gone back to the story. It's good. But as we tweeted today, as Simon tweeted today, uh, there is a Firefly cameo in there. There's a Firefly cameo in ba- uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, right. Nice. So please have something. Shout out yeah, to you, sweet Nathan Fillion has been in every Guardians of the Galaxy film, and he's beaten up in every one of them. He's a different situation. Which is great. I think he's beaten up by Groot in each one. Which means in the first one, he's beaten up by Big Groot, and the second one, he's beaten up by Baby Groot. I'm assuming that I need to watch Guardians of the Lost Galaxy, the first one, to watch the second one. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah. Or watch the first one, then skip the second one. Okay. The, the second one has its moments. It's not. The first one's very good. Okay. Um, so I started watching the second one, and then just because. And as a film premise and the actors they didn't like it I was like oh, I'm bored but the first then one does a better job yeah the first one pretty much you I was watching with my sister she's all about blockbusters that's what she watches she was laughing she couldn't do it I was sat there like I hate this I hate every moment but I don't like it <laughs> I stopped watching it I was like mm. it's one of the problems with Marvel films I think when they do the origin stories they're generally really good mm. when they then come back to a difficult second movie no can't do it speaking of which and Man and the Wasp coming up. Yeah. No. Shall we carry on with some more reviews? Yep. Yeah. What have you seen there? So that means I can run away. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about having had a nice discussion about how Netflix movies aren't real movies. Let's talk about Alex Garland's Annihilation, which, in my opinion, is one hell of a movie. I thought it was a great movie. Um, so this uh, was picked up by Netflix uh, because it looked like Paramount just decided they didn't want to market it and just said, how much will you give us for this, essentially? Um, the result is that we get... Um, 
Do I have to say this close to the mic? Well, it, it helps, but... Uh, Honestly, I battled okay. a fucking vocal orchestra. It's fine. Yeah. It's not, it's not as bad as it could be. It's not going to ruin my fucking Thursday night, right? And also, we've got the dampers now, so it's less of a rockers. Isn't it Wednesday? To, to quote Wednesday, yeah. To quote you when you sat down, I'm not sure these actually do anything. Well, I'm not, yeah. I did do some tests, which, I'm not kidding, involved me with a sort of microphone doing this on. <laughs> That gives you probably a slightly depressing look at what my weekend is. It is a professional podcast. <laughs> Accurate look at what your weekends are. <clears throat> um, so, Annihilation, um, Alex Garland. So, it is um, a sci fi It's got horrific elements. It's, it's, it's a whole other thing. It's, it's sci fi, it's thriller. There were horror elements because yep. that, there were some points where I was like, I mean, I'm a wimp, maybe on my best judgment, but that I was on the edge of my seat, so there to speak. There was definite sort of you moments, yeah, just shock like, moments. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, I'd say it's sci-fi horror. Sci-fi horror, yeah, I think that's what I think it's good So, um, it stars Natalie Portman as uh, Lena, who, when we first meet her, she's sort of telling the story, isn't yeah. she? Because it, it's sort of after the events of the movie, she's sort of telling it, so we're into unreliable narrator. Yeah. Sort of area. Um, she's been interviewed in some rather dismal looking scientific establishment um, and being asked about some sort of mission that went wrong. Yeah. And then we get titles and then we see an asteroid hit a lighthouse and then we jump to two, three years earlier and <laughs> she's a professor in a school yeah. somewhere. And so it begins. Like and that sounds like a complete car crash. Actually, it's quite brilliant. Oh no, wait, that would have had to go backwards because that's when she's at the school where she's lost her husband. Yeah, he hasn't come right. back. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that is like well that's like it, it, it's after the asteroid surely it's way after the asteroid because that's how she lives yes it, as we, yeah anyway no spoilers in this because I, I really do think yeah no I no, no, agree we play around we play around with time yeah and we definitely see some things where we're told the story and mm. some things when we're not being told the story and what's true and what's not and it plays it's around the, with that um, the hypodermic needle effect the hypodermic needle effect okay. it's Essentially means that a film gives you doses of what you need to know at certain times, but in bits. I went to college in Nederland. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, no, it's a general uh, film kind of uh, prejudice. The hypodermic needle effect. Push it in as it goes. You're being fed information as the narrative and lays. And I would say that's exactly what Annihilation does. So a good example of and story can diverge because yeah. the story is always linear but plot can actually have about in time to, to tell the story. Anyway, we digress into film theory. As always. Yeah, so uh, basically she lost her husband, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, 
But he's in but it. While she's sitting there, we heard that she lost her husband a year before. It's been a year. So she's sort of she's trying to move on with her life. And look at me, if he doesn't just walk straight back into the house. Absolutely weird. And within five minutes, he's in a pretty bad state in the back of an ambulance. Um, and then they get stopped by a whole load of classic government bad guy types in black suburbans. And then they end up in some sort of operation centre, which we're told is called Area X. That is where we end up with Natalie Portman being sat in the room telling her story. And then, and then sort of, he was like, what the? What has happened? <laughs> what the heck? Well, I wasn't confused at any point no, in a sense. No, that, Rereading that out makes it sound like it's incredibly confusing. It's not you don't confusing. It's brilliantly pieced together. It's well done put together. It has no. the kind of suspense, what's going on. It's unpredictable, which is what I want from something. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, as we've been discussing, it's been deemed, apparently, in America, too smart. Yes, yeah. It's a cinematic release. Ridiculous. Uh, no, it's not too smart at all. It's, for, it's too smart for people that don't want to turn their brains on during uh, cinema view. For someone that's just wanting to kind of go a bit like, okay, I'll follow the story, it's been laid out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, in the same way that things like uh, one of my all-time favourites, The Usual Suspect, people went, this is never going to play in cinema, suspects. but actually it's fantastic because it demands you watch it and it's found in This is the same thing. It demands you watch it, it demands it. Blade Runner as well. Really, really demanded it to watch the film. Yeah. Really listen and, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's nothing wrong with asking an audience in 2018 to turn on their brains a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But... Are they turning on their brains watching Netflix or watching long-form dramas over eight, nine episodes? Or are they going to the cinema to watch an hour and a half? See, that's what you say. I think the, the way the audience has changed is that you've got people on So they're not going to be turned off by a film and watching a movie. I think there is going to be a change in the audience because of that. So this will probably land better because of that. I think it will. The trend for the last couple of years has been ongoing, slowly unfolding stories. Um, and there's not really an issue even though we're talking about Netflix. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Paramount Productions. Still cinema, because I've got a massive fucking TV. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on a laptop. Yeah, same. I, as we were saying, I would have loved to have seen that on a yeah, big screen. Yeah, I, I think visually it was stunning. I yeah, mean, it is. The, it's really, really good. The shimmer, which yeah. these uh, group of, I think it's five women. Uh, yeah, four or five women. Four or yeah. five women yeah, yeah. go into basic sport, the shimmer, which yeah. is where Natalie Portman's husband has been. been yeah. um, go find out, obviously, what's kind of made him come back a little bit altered, you could yeah. say, without giving away anything. Yeah. Um, they go into the shimmer, and as twisted as the shimmer is, and there's a lot of horrors in there, it is stunning yeah. to look at. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. It's actually. quite. It's very beautiful. Yeah. In a, you know, it has horrors, like I just said. But yeah, to see that on a big screen with what is going on, it's very. I would have loved to have seen that. There's this almost sort of trippy, um, hallucinogenic sort of rainbow light flickering yeah. over everything all the time. It's like an Alice in Wonderland, but like 18 version of it. Yeah. Like, and then everything's laced with flowers. And yeah. Then there's 
really sort of bizarre floral shapes and things. I don't think we should give anything away, but there's sort of floral shapes up here. And then within that, there are these horrors and these monsters and these creatures that live there. And at the heart of it is a mystery, which is basically what the hell's going on. And I think that the, the movie, if there is a, a slight... If there is a slight slowdown, it is the bit where we arrive at the military establishment, we meet the brilliant yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee as uh, mm. Ventress, yeah. um, and we get exposition and introduction to some characters. Mm. Very descent. Very, very descent. Very, very, yeah, very descent. Very, and also everybody's mm. damaged as well. Yeah. We've got, you know, people who've either lost someone or there's a, mm. a Tessa Thompson who was in Thor Ragnarok. She was self-harming and things like that. We literally meet these characters and they're unlike Tomb Raider and unlike Ready Player One, they're not ciphers. You sort of know about them almost immediately. You can yeah. identify them. And I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. They're very upfront about it. Yeah. Um, Women you can always identify on some level with. Yeah. And they're not, again, they're not the most, they're not girly girls, they're a bit laddie. Yeah. And yeah. again, that's when the biggest comparison for me happened with The Descent. It's where yes. they sat together and women all meet together, drinking beers, having a laugh, and yeah. that's so, yeah. Yeah, it's straight out. And I like yeah. that strong female cast, almost yeah. female women, yes. and all female going off into the shimmer, which yeah. they're already aware is dangerous. People either don't come back or they come back. Weirdly, slightly weirdly. Um, I really, really enjoyed this, even though I didn't really warm to Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. I think she put a really good performance in. I just didn't really warm to her central character. Unlike uh, the lead in Descent. Um, who you did warn for, oh, you so did will on to, yeah. to, to get to the end of the mission. Yeah. But this one I was like, yeah, okay. Mm. That being said, the combination of the plot and culture, I thought it was brilliant. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I don't think it's too smart. I think it's actually, it's got so many like well-placed enigmas that you want to find out more, you want to keep going. It's got that horror aspect where at any moment, I'm actually terrified that something bad's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I was like, that's um, without seeing anything, without knowing anything, and I think it is a well put together sci-fi horror. Yeah. But it's apparently too small. Yeah, it's also quite pedestrian. It's not. It's not an action sci-fi thriller. It's, no, there it's, is a cultural hint to that, but yeah. it's mostly menace and yeah. presence. It's and, psychological. Yeah. because it is essentially based on biology, yeah. cells, the women, like Natalie Portman's characters. Scientist, just biology, and there is the extra element of like kind of academia that I think maybe that's what scared people off. They use academic terms, but it's not something you can't pick up. She, they do explain it, so you don't feel lost. But maybe it's just because it's that next level and you have to think that much more. But I wasn't put off by it. No. And I followed it. I thought it was quite interesting. Interesting how they'd come up with essentially what, well, I hope, is a fictional thing. Yeah. Because I, they've made it kind of, you know, the way 
the cells form, the way cells merge, have essentially created this freakish kind of black hole of a universe on Earth. And that's the best way I would describe the shimmer. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think they put it together really well. As, as an exercise in world building, I mean, like Garland did, like Sam thinks he did an awful lot of dread, but we'll uh, leave that out when I'm spending films of all time on yeah. dread. But um, in Ex Machina, he did create this world where it was the real world meets artificial intelligence. And he created this world within a sort of upper building. And this one is creating to the same level of detail. It's an incredible world. not giving away but yeah terrifying weird it's got a bit of action not on par with something like Alien no not, not in the slightest but it's got that kind of academic kind of other level to it but yeah. I, I enjoyed it yeah, I'd watch it. it I'd recommend it yeah it's worth, it's worth a month streaming fee you yeah, yeah absolutely that about that yeah, yeah. definitely worth it or a two week free trial or a two week free yeah. trial but no definitely worth it yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Do we want to do another one? It's up to you, it's usually. It's one hour 40 on, but we could do another one. I mean, we could say. Under an hour might be a bit tricky, actually. I mean, we could say. Meet somebody's got it. We could say meet till next week and then you can watch it. Alright, okay. So we'll wing as we'll wrap it up. Alright, that's the one thing we can do with the streaming. Yeah. I think it's groundbreaking, but when I was watching it, something that I just didn't know, I knew nothing about it, and then just started watching it, I was like, this is fucking groundbreaking, I liked it. It's probably a good thing to wrap it up as well, I mean. To be honest, there is an awful lot of background noise, but... God bless our yeah, directional mic. It's great. You're okay. You're pretty good. Well, I'm pretty yeah. good. You know, it's not too bad. We're, we're no, that's not because I can, can normalise that. I can reduce it. That's all. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we will. Oh, shit. I've done all the promo images with mute in it. You bellow. That's all right. I'll take him out tonight. We'll, we'll just drop it. That's fine. That's fine. Simon's a. Uh, it happens. It happens. Things change. Schedule change. Cut for time. It's cut for time. Right. Yeah. So we're going to cut for time. We'll do mute. Spicy Kit Kat, why is that not? Yeah, have a I'll yeah, steal yeah. a packet of cigarettes from him. <laughs> Place your orders now. I just want a Godzilla t shirt from fucking Tokyo. Godzilla tote bag? <laughs> Proper Gojira one, you know? Yeah. Is it wrong that I actually want to go to the Pacific Rim Uprising, even though apparently it's an absolute pub? Any great tote bags, I would say. Yeah. Well, the first one was fun. I really Anyway, thanks very much for listening to us. Uh, we've been having it on movies. You can find us on just about everywhere. Um, we are on 
iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Libsyn, we're on, honestly, everywhere, put in Adnetwa Movies. Just go to our Twitter, everything links from there. Yeah, go to Twitter at Adnetwa Movies too, you can find us on Facebook at Adnetwa Movies, but just type Adnetwa Movies in and you'll find us. Um, and also, check out this month's Oscar. That's coming out in April. In May. What days? Where are we? Today, we're in March. We're in March. We're at the end of March. May. Publishing's fucking wrong, isn't it, really? Is it May or April? What month are we in now? March. I've done April's. April's is coming out. I'm already working on May's, that's why. So we're in April's? Yes. Right. Okay, so... (laughs) We we get there now. Right. Uh, because, because print publishing has like lead times and shit. <laughs> because it's a real industry. Yeah, because it's a proper industry as opposed to a bunch of idiots in a pub press pressing go. Um, uh, the, check out the wonderful, wonderful Ocelot for all the greatest uh, culture news and reviews from Swindon Oxford. Um, and uh, you might actually uh, see us two in it. And, you know, no, we'll definitely see you two in it because yeah, I wrote it. You're in it. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't had any. It's okay because that wasn't at all patronising. Really, you're not going to let that one go, are you? Never, never. Right, any kids? I've called you Claire Ball, and I'd rather that than kids. This has all gone horribly wrong. So I just heard someone say wacky words, so I want to leave now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's time to go, isn't it? But on that note, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I've been Simon. I've been Matt. I've been Claire. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's just difficult. Vicky thinks I've got Tourette's because I feel the need to shout bongo whenever I see one of those little Mazda vans. I think Vicky's got the most patience I've ever seen in another human being. Yeah, that's fine. The bongo thing or the patience thing? Why bongo whenever you see one of those? Because they're called bongo friendies. Those little Mazda camper vans, the cheap ones. Is someone let you out for the day? I know, but apparently the other day we were walking down the street and I was just talking to Vicky about something. One drove past and in mid-sentence I just went bongo and just carried on. And she just saw, and she said, my God, it's like Tourette's. I love my master. He is the best master. Squirrel, squirrel. I've also got to listen to everything start to finish before I can fucking edit it. That that, that does happen. So I was like, I'm going to go along, so at least I've got like a little track list in my head. This is true. That's a fair shout. Actually, I think that's a what. That was a wise. Because like it could it could be really good, but it could also be like three hours of people at the pub not talking about movies. I couldn't. No one. (laughs) I I always talk about movies. It's true. I was going to bring up the fact that the the gents, uh, the gents.
toilet in the beehive is always a particularly fine establishment with the with the waist high windowsill and the windows wide open in the summer. That's always a particularly fine element. Amazing. Mm. So if you happen to be out in the beehive garden, you have to walk past and see three blokes just standing at the wall. They are all bee. It's, yeah. it's just it's. And if you don't realise, yeah. right, I side, know what you're doing. You realise as soon as they react to you appearing. <laughs> It's a horrific setup. It is. It's a terrible setup, but it's the way it goes. And so it seems like they've just got to work with what they've got space-wise. It's an oddball pub. It is. It's, it's, it's an oddball, characterful pub. Right. How is it? Right, should we go? Get, You're get started. Right, yes, oh, yeah, we yeah. are. Cool. We have the new toy. Yeah, it looks fancy. Mm. It feels quite cheap. Well, it looks like an extra from like a Star Wars set, but that's kind of cool in itself. Mm. I was going to say, what happens when the pub hits 88 miles an hour? <laughs> You're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> Beehive just takes off. <laughs> Le- leaves a trail down the road of just sort of smoke and wreckage. Going Fire. down Prospect Hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't laugh, one good earthquake. We probably will go down Prospect Hill. Yeah, but this. it'll just be the end of it as well. Good earthquake. <laughs> Yeah, fine, good earthquake. Well, a real shaker. <laughs> you know, not, not one of these sort of... I'd like to apologise oh, to the victims somebody... of earthquakes. Yeah. Was that somebody just running down the corridor outside? No. Oh, that was shit. It barely killed any children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no buildings fell over. We didn't even get a wobble on a skyscraper. But that's what no you want. The David John Murray Tower to get a good old sway on. On the Richter scale, I'd mark this as average. Yeah, yeah. An average earthquake. I'd be scared what would happen to the um, David John Murray Tower if you hit it with a paintball gun. I, I think the whole thing would fucking go. I, I still it looks like shit 70s Jenga. Mm. Jenga's a good one, actually. Just kind of look like a Jenga block. I quite like it. I have to admit, I don't mind it. I, don't, I think it's actually quite, quite. I like the sort of curl bit at the top. I did do a little thing. Why are we thing. doing an this architectural is... piece? <laughs> Oh, sorry. This is the master of staying on track. Um, <laughs> I did a little thing. I always do this because I genuinely hands down love Swindon because mm. I'm very sad, but I love my town. Uh, whenever I go away and come back, especially on the train, I love like seeing it in the distance and being like, ah, my house is like 20 yards from that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, someone's getting mugged underneath it. Yeah. That kind of thing. I but I love the place. <laughs> walked up past the um, library and they've got, uh, you know, the, you know, they have this like strange shop bit in the library where they sell all sorts mm. of stuff. Like, you can get stuff like the magic roundabout magnets, which won me a prize at a wedding. And a hoodie. And, uh, they yeah. do hoodies as well. They do tea towels too. I've told, me, told them to come back to me when they do tote bags, otherwise no deal. <laughs> oh no, they, they definitely they do tote bags. Bags. Well, well, there's definitely library tote bags in there. And the award for best reaction to a tote bag. <laughs> I'm a massive tote bag collector. Everyone, literally. It was one word. <laughs> it was one word. The one thing I love about my job is, yeah, we do get freebies. Oh, of course, you get loads of free shit. But and most companies do free tote bags. And all I've got one from the Devere Hotel. Some of the things that they just give you, and I'm sort of like, where's the tote bag at? <laughs> it's like, you know. It's walking in like, yeah, 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 chocolates, pens, no one Yeah, I don't want anything cares. in that. I don't want your branding. I just want the tote bag, please. Where's the stuff this came in? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fed up with getting coats at the minute. I just get coats all the time. I've got honestly, I've got coats coming out the wazoo. Unfortunately, there is missing audio here because the world's tiniest violin was booked for something less pathetic. It is. No, I agree. I agree. It is a pathetic thing to say, but I'd, I'd like a good bag, a nice rucksack, nice branded rucksack. That'd be great. We're good, you know, 
another bloody coke. You don't ask, don't get. Write them an email. Write these people an email. Who do you think does design? Give your co-host some fucking <laughs> coats. Hey, if you have um, to... Um, I don't think they'll fit, darling. Oh. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> With a fucking pine cone. Hey, if you're getting rid of any, and you have any, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a coat. Mm. I'll take your varsity jacket right now. I actually paid that for that one. Yeah, I know. Well, and, and and it took years dieting to actually fit in it as well. So there Make we go. Motivation. Victoria Peckham calls it thinspiration. 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 Victoria Pendleton. Did you say? Beckham. 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 Mm. Beckham. Oh, mm. all right. I was going to say Victoria Pendleton. It was like she's in the nineties. She was a singer. Yes. And no. then... <laughs> hey, listen. I was there with Girl Power. They're touring again. Oh. They're coming out. Did you not hear the news today that apparently we're going to have to start this and start again? But Spice Girls animated movie is apparently all signed, sealed, and delivered. Could you not think of a Spice Girls song pun to end that news piece on? No, it's uh, Stop Silver. right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I, I mean no offence, but you're fucking terrible at this. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're just getting to it there. You're just Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done Stop no right now. Literally, midway through this recording, this idea came about. Yeah. Just, <laughs> 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 The Spice Girls movie is amazing. Just don't try to redo it. Oh, wait. Tell you what you want. What you really, really want is a Spice Girls animated movie. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a soul, that would have killed part of it. They're not going to combine any characters, so two is not going to become one. Mm. Um, You know. Trying to get Mama in there now. I'm probably going to get Mother Back. We take that song for now. What? I don't know. just pop blandness. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> pop, I pop. You're bland, said Kettle. No, sorry. <laughs> oh, hmm. See, this is the problem. Uh, yeah. You got nothing? Do we start? Oh, yeah, we're doing the podcast. Yeah, um, seven minutes in now. Seven, seven minutes of decent waffle there. Yeah. Do oh, yeah, I that. leave in the part where Claire tells you how to make that funny? Yeah, by all means. Thank you. That, that, I, I can see that being a quote. Next week as well. <laughs> Can all of the quotes just be deprecating Simon? <laughs> they were turning out to be that way last time. I thought most of them were anyway. It's the whole yeah. point. Oh, there's a couple of you there. Well, there is the one when you said cr- something about creepy uncles and make you play tennis. I maintain <laughs> that was a funny, that was a funny, funny <laughs> I don't think I would have... No. Why, why is tennis such a punishment? Yes! <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you need to talk about this. What is it? Did so we talk uncle, about this possibly off mic? What happened with the ball and racket? Like, I don't... <laughs> No, hit the yellow furry ball. Genuinely took the joke out of my mouth. (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Were you the ball boy, but we don't want to know anymore. (laughs) I'm sure this isn't the real meaning of love all. (laughs) Sorry. Oh. With too much? You could have gone with 40 love, could have been 80. 40 love? Oh, yeah. Yes, well, that brings the age gag in as well, you see, so yeah, why not? <laughs> Did you have to mention gagging? <laughs> There's that ball and racket again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, 
I always thought it was rowing that had the most innuendos. They're literally the called cocks and coxless. Yes, yeah, you have cocks and coxless, you've got stroke, um, there's also <laughs> lots of things about rhythm, yeah. um, you know, and let's face it, the boat's pretty long, yeah, I mean that is essentially a... Are you saying the boat's co- a penis? Yes. So I think Freudian was. Mm-hmm. How long did you row for? Uh, 24 years. In a big, I'm going to go out of limb here, fiberglass penis? Some of them were wood. <laughs> There's your fucking quote. <laughs> <laughs> In a big fiberglass penis? Some of them were wood. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's how I roll. <laughs> Fuck quotes, that's going on a t shirt. <laughs> or a tote bag. Well, or a tote bag. Or a tote bag. <laughs> On, on the plus side, right now you know there's a there's an industrial unit somewhere in Swindon where there is a perfectly good printing setup. Yeah. You just need to break in. Yeah, basically. Mm. Still print. <gasps> yeah, print. no training. You just everyone can everyone can run a printing press. Yeah, it's, it's actually a I lot did, easier. I did it in between algebra and um, <laughs> fuck. Algebra and double PA was going to be under that sentence, but my mouth fucked up. <laughs> and we're both sitting here going. Double PE. Yeah, that's what you as well. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. One. I'm sorry, I mean, mic drop. <laughs> no, it's expensive, don't do it. I had to go. Clearly, I didn't do any fucking sport. I was very good at watching the badminton. Is, you don't think, is it because he doesn't like sport because of the tennis? Well, I don't know, but he also he says he's been watching quite a lot of badminton as well. I mean, right. there, you know, there they smack cocks. <laughs> Honestly, it's like doing a podcast with a fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years old. And an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm the person that sits and just pushes them. I've actually done it. <laughs> just like, just, just like Watch that guy get in trouble. It's like oh, pull back shit. on the little car and just let it go and watch, watch the chaos. Yeah. So sort of like, oh no, I couldn't possibly stay for another trip. I was like, that is a negative attitude. <laughs>